Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to this week's edition of Donardo's Dugout. That's right. Donardo's Dugout, this show is back. Um, a little bit different here. Starbucks, as mentioned, will be done on Tuesday mornings now, and Donardo's Dugout will be on Wednesday mornings now. So, <clears throat> I guess with that said, let's let's get this return going here. Um, let's go immediately and talk about last night's fiasco of a game. I don't know how the hell the Pirates won this. Like, There's no way they deserved and earned a win last night. That game was pathetic and silly and amazing all at the same time. How's that done? How do you witness the first inning of Chad Cole, where he pitched, what, 30? They had 30-some pitches, gives up two runs, which was miraculous. That was just two runs in the first inning as well. How do you how do you watch that performance and just realize, because this bullpen isn't that great, and they're probably going to go eight innings this game, if not seven, and the Pirates are going to beat the Padres, the San Diego Padres. And that's exactly what happened. The Pirates won last night to a score of six. I'm sorry, to a score of seven to three, eight to four. <laughs> uh, and I had the wrong game on. Um, they won eight to four. It's ridiculous. I can't believe what did we watch last night? Pure amazing. But here's something I want to talk about. <clears throat> Chad Cool. I know Jim's been hammering me lately these past two games. And, of course, last night was the pinnacle of it. I've been on, uh, I mean, I'll admit it, the, the Chad Cole hype train. I'll put it out there, the hype train. I've always liked what Chad Cole had. I always felt that there was more to Chad Cole, what he could present. He's got good stuff. Chad Cole's going to break out, have a breakout-esque year this year. He's going to show that he's worthy of being a good quality starting pitcher and i always said too like the thing about chad cool is if he can't be that that good starting pitcher kind of like a pomeranz or drew promise he can go into that bullpen and just serve him up he can be a, a really really good I'm not gonna go out there and say like this elite reliever i mean pomeranz turned into like this elite reliever but i always felt like chad cool could definitely be a really good reliever i don't think he can do either right now and my question, I'm, I'm questioning myself, and I know it's just three starts into the season. We want to talk about short sample size, but all we have so far is this short sample size of Chad Cole of just three starts. And I'm even questioning myself, right? The person who was going on some overs on Chad Cole things with, with Tyler and Jim this year. Is it too early or is it too late to jump off the Chad Cole train? I mean, I feel like you, I, I want to sit here and say, I mean, listen, guys, it's just been three games. Let's be patient. Let's let him work through it. He'll be back. But I have some real concerns. I mean, some real concerns right now. And that goes back to the fact, like I said, like, even if he can't be a good starter, he could be a good reliever. He can't be that right now either. And the, his issues and the reason he can't be a good reliever as well is he can't locate and control anything. This guy walks literally everybody. So whether you're coming in and have only having to pitch one inning, or you're coming in prepared to pitch five plus, you can't do that. Like, like Chad, he, he doesn't know what he's throwing right now, where it's going, at least from my point of view. 
And if that's how you're pitching, you can't be a good a good pitcher any any role you're in, unless it's just purely a mop up. I mean, the guy's had three starts. He hasn't gone more than four innings in all three. Yes, I, I understand like it's the early season. There's a ramp up period. I mean, you could say that to his first start, like it was more on you know ramping up. It he was off. You know, I, we felt like he missed about two starts in spring training solely because you know he recently became a father. Um, he left, had to come back into camp, have his quarantine process to you know return and such. So he missed some starts. So obviously he wasn't on the same pace as many other players, right? So like the first game, even though it wasn't pretty. You know, the first game he lasted three innings, got pulled. It was opening day. It is what it is, right? But since then, you don't have too many built-in excuses for Jad Cool of why he could only last how he, you know, as long as he lasted. Um, in his second game, lasted four innings. And of course, last night, miraculously, he lasted 3.2. You know, it's funny because I text in the in our group chat in North Shore 9, uh, in that first inning, right? Because Chad Cool already looks terrible. He hit a batter. Uh, Oscar Marine's already on the phone in the first inning, getting someone warmed up in the pen. And you know, again, the, we saw what the Pirates did the first inning. They, they came back and you know cleaned up and hit on Snell. Chad Cool was up to bat in the first inning with bases loaded and two outs. And I put in the group text, I was like, do you pitch hint for Chad Cool right here? I mean, I think that was a very... Um, a very safe question to ask. It wasn't outrageous by any means. Chad Cool did not look good at all. Uh, there's a very, very good chance he's probably getting pulled the next inning anyways. There's bases loaded. It's a 2-2 ball game. Or I'm sorry, at that time it was a 3-2 ball game. Bases loaded. The pitcher up. He looks terrible. Do you just pinch hit for him? And see what you can do. Now, luckily, they didn't have to. They end up winning. But like that was a real good, like legit question to ask, I felt. And he, he still lasted 2.2 more innings. But with that said, it wasn't on the merit of how well he pitched. I mean, so <clears throat> 3.2 innings, he faced 22 batters. To make <clears throat> 11 outs, he faced 22 batters. Four hits, one home run, seven walks. This guy has not yet walked under nine Walks per nine. Sorry. Yes. Yes. He's yet to do so. His first outing, again, there's three innings pitched, three walks. His second outing, four innings pitched, five walks. His third outing, 3.2 innings pitched, seven walks. And again, we see the hit batter issue. He, he, he has no idea where that ball is going. Absolutely no idea. And it's three starts where he's looked like this now. This isn't where he just had one bad start. This isn't even where it has two. Like This has been his MO so far. He, he can't last. He can't go more than four innings. He can't, he can't find the strike zone. You can't be any pitcher, a starter or a reliever, if that's what you're doing. And, you know, this is the guy who was the opening, the, the air quotes, opening day starter for this club, right? I mean, almost, you know, by default, he gets the nod because he's like the veteran presence there. Um, and again, I had high hopes for Chad Poole. I truly felt like at the end of the season, you could legitimately look at this rotation and say Chad Cool was the best pitcher. And by no means that means he was like a a great pitcher. 
you know, on this rotation, it doesn't take a whole lot. And as we're seeing, to be a really good, you know, the, the best pitcher of this bunch, I felt Chad Cool had every chance of doing that. And, you know, yesterday we talked about, uh, you know, Cody Ponce is, is ramping up. He's going to come back as a starter. And, you know, what, what issues do you have right now if Cody comes back? Like, who leaves the bull, who leaves the rotation? It's probably not going to be Anderson. It's not going to be Cahill. You know, Mitch Keller, you're, you're, you're going to give him every opportunity. You know, Brubaker's pitching his way in there. Chad Cool is giving the opening day nod. How do you, you know, how do you become an opening day starter and then after three starts get pulled or four starts? He's making every reason to be that person. I mean, if they do end up maintaining a five-man rotation, Jim and I talked, there could be an opportunity of uh, a six-man. Um, piggybacking could be, you know, an opportunity as well. I mean, Stephen Brault's going to be coming back here at some point in time also. But Chad Cool, I mean, is he making a case to say, I deserve to be in this rotation? Cody Ponce is coming up, and they, they feel like they want to go a five-man rotation. Cool's the one getting bounced right now. There's no reason to keep him in there. This guy's going to hurt somebody. <laughs> He's looking awful right now. And it's coming from me. Like, I'm saying this stuff. So I just, I don't know. Like maybe I am too late. Maybe everything I was saying was just completely overblown and dumb and stupid. And damn it, Jim, you're right. But the thing is, too, like he's never been this bad. You know, I mean, part of me is saying there has to be some patience. He's going to turn it around. I mean, to a degree, like he can't be this pathetic. I mean, I'm going to say that term because that's what it's been so far. I don't believe Chad Cool is a pathetic pitcher, but that's what he's shown so far this year. And yes, I do believe he can be better than this, but it's like, I don't know. Like my expectations of him, if this is what he's showing right now, I don't know if he's going to hit that. Maybe he just is the Chad Cool that we've all seen, no matter who the pitching coach is. You know, he has some stuff, but it doesn't matter the stuff that he has and, and how well he can spin it and do this and that because he just can't locate stuff and he, he's just not that good of a pitcher. And it's just not going to get unlocked. And I'm not saying that he's going to go to San Diego or Tampa or Houston or Yankees or whatever. And he's going to get unlocked there either. I mean, maybe this just is Chad Cool. So, yes, let's give him some patience here. Um, he's not going to be, fingers crossed, this terrible for the entire season. I mean, he's got to go at least one outing and not hit a batter and, and not strike out. I'm sorry, and not walk everybody. But maybe just Chad Cool just isn't that dude, which is kind of unfortunate. And it doesn't mean he can't be a a guy that can at least for this team, right? I mean, this team right now it just needs arms. It's not like he can be a, he can't be a guy that you can rely on to at least be in that rotation to give you innings and such. But maybe the idea of Chad Cole can can turn some heads. And and potentially give you, you know, a trade deadline piece. You know, that was kind of my idea in my case that, you know, he's he's going to come in here. He's going to be an effective starter. You know, he's going to turn some heads and, oh, this is Chad Cool, right? He's got some stuff. He can throw pretty hard. Um, he, he can be, you know, in, in anyone's rotation. You know, probably it's a four or five, but he can be in the rotation. And right now he's not showing that. And I don't even know if there's any any trade trade that can be made for Chad Cool this year. Um, so again, I guess the verdict right now on Chad Cool is it's still open. It's really, really, really bad right now. Um, but man, I don't know, guys. I, I'm 
I'll say right here, and, and as Jim asked, my official apologies are, are being given to you right now, Jim. Um, I, I do apologize. I'm sorry to everyone who, who trusted in me, um, who believed in me, who believed in Chad Cool as well. It's not looking too good now, guys. It's not looking too good. But here's the thing. Didn't stop with Chad Cool last night. <laughs> I mean, so again, this, this game was was something else. I mean, it goes on both sides, too. We, we talked about Ian Snell, Blake Snell. Wow. Wow. Blake Snell. We talked about Blake Snell. He, he was taken, literally, he was taken out of the first inning. The rest of the guy, I mean, the Pirates were hitting off the, uh, the, the Padres. They, they looked, I mean, the offense actually looked decent last night. Like, when you take out, it was a pathetic lineup. I don't know what, see, this, this, is, this is some of the stuff that Shelton irritates us with, right? Um, even go back to Thursday, we talked about Shelton. There was not too much this year so far to really get, like, outraged by him and whatnot. But, I mean, if you're being honest right now, Kevin Newman leading off, even though this is the lineup you chose, Kevin Newman leading off and Wilmer Defoe is your number two hitter. What are you doing? What are you doing? I, I can understand Newman being in the leadoff role to a degree. He hasn't shown a reason to this year, but I can understand him and his skill set and the type of player Kevin Newman is. Like, I mean, he's better suited to be in the leadoff than the five hitter that he's been in all, almost all year. But what is Wilmer Defoe doing in the two hole? What are you doing? <laughs> he he should never be in the two hole whole hit like ever. A spring training game, whatever. Like he should never be there. You have Reynolds, you have Evans, like Adam Frazier. What is Defoe doing in the two hole? This lineup was pretty pathetic last night, and somehow or another, with this pathetic lineup and Chad Cole walking everybody and hitting everybody, this team won. Anthony Alford still hasn't gotten a hit. <laughs> so again, Wilmer Defoe, uh, Kevin Newman's having a terrible season. Now, he did come through last night, two for five. Um, I mean, just, it wasn't like anything sexy. You know, this this one hit that just was just fair, that got past Machado down the line, that ended up being a double, right? Weekly hit, down the line, and another one got through uh, Machado and... Yeah, I think it went through third and short. Anyways, so it wasn't anything special. But two for five, that's what Kevin Newman's pretty much going to do. Defoe, 0 for 5. Anthony Alford, 0 for 4, three strikeouts. Anthony Alford had bases loaded, two outs. What, the seventh inning? Full count. He got it to. Struck out. Looked like a fastball right down the middle. <laughs> struck out. Anthony Alford, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there was a lot. We weren't so much on the hype train on Anthony Alford. Um, there definitely was. Uh, I'm not going to say hype, but there was there was intrigue around Anthony Alford. Um, he did have a solid spring. He has not looked the part at all right now. It's not that Fowler has truly looked the part either. There's good wins sitting down there waiting. I, I, I think this center field is a mess right now as well. Um, Again, so we're talking about, you know, Evans and such. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of opportunities of Brian Reynolds playing center field right now this year. Um, Goodwin eventually, of course. And having Evans playing, you know, corner outfield more. 
So the bats, I mean, they did come alive. Stallings, three for four. Stallings looked pretty good. Stallings hit probably the hardest ball I've ever seen him hit in my life. And it got to the warning track, which is about right. <laughs> but he looked pretty decent last night. Uh, so again, Kevin Newman, two for five. Brian Reynolds, two for five. Kevin Stallings, Jacob Stallings. I'm terrible with names. Jacob Stallings, three for four. Eric Gonzalez, right? Eric Tati Sr. Showing, showing the Padres what a real Tatis is. Eric Gonzalez, three for five. Eric Gonzalez looked good too. And he was doing basically exactly. We talked about him yesterday also. Jim brought it up. We're talking about, you know, the difference between him and, and Evans and why Jim feels Evans is is more legit worthy than, you know, Eric Gonzalez was when we are talking about him last year. And it was because, like, Eric Gonzalez was mashing uh, fastballs. Couldn't hit much else. Couldn't hit outside the zone. <clears throat> and um, that's, like, what he did last night. Like, they threw him fastballs. He connected. Hit a couple balls really hard. I think he had the hardest hit ball last night, um, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, yeah, it almost went out. So, Eric Gonzalez looked good last night, three for five. I'm not planning and and posing that he's going to look good all year, but last night he looked well. Um, <clears throat> and then Moran. Colin Moran had a pitch hit that uh, went, the, went the other way, I think he did. And, <clears throat> yeah, got, got a pinch hit RBI. Um, so, the offense looked good last night. The pitching looked terrible. We talked about Chad Cole. Clay Holmes comes in and almost like just picked up right where they left off. Um, it was like really the only one that stood out to me was Rich Rod. Like he came in, ninth inning, one, two, three, done, game over. Finally, this marathon of a game that lasted what? Can't find it. Anyways, <clears throat> um, so yeah, that was like the only pitcher that looked any resemblance of a, a quality pitcher. Uh, I guess no, Stratton looked pretty good too. Stratton did look pretty good. Kyle Crick looked awful. He looked awful. I mean, that another guy who just couldn't locate anything. That, that's kind of been his MO. He's looked better so far this year. Um, you know, we've been encouraged but cautious about Crick, and it seems like last night we just went all the way backwards. So we're back to just just what Kyle Crick has been recently. Uh, I know the velocity's come back. Um, as Jim keeps hammering, like if as long as this guy doesn't walk people, we'll be good. And that's exactly what he did last night. He did last, you know, again, he lasted a full inning, which was miraculous. Um, but two walks, no strikeouts, no hits. I don't know how he got out of jam. I mean, he got the bases loaded. And then just as seemed like with everything, a double double play ball was hit inning over. I mean, the Pirates just, they were like notorious last night for loading the bases, just waiting for this beginning to happen. And then somehow or another, they finally got, you know, the ball over the plate. It was hit double play inning over, like no damage. Crazy. The, the Padres left, what, 15 batters stranded, I believe. Just amazing. Um, so yeah, so, so there's that fun game. Um, to move forward now, Joe Musgrove heads into town. Well, I mean, he's already here already, but Joe Musgrove is, uh, in Pittsburgh tonight is his outing, which by the way, I'm confused. Like there was some, there's, well, there's also been some chatter. Like why is, why is Trevor Williams and Joe Musgrove getting videos for them? And I have no issue with that. Like I, I can get and understand that, like 
Performance-wise, Trevor Williams didn't do much in Pittsburgh to warrant like a tribute video. You know, Joe Musgrove didn't do much to attribute this this recognition, like you know, this tribute video for for him coming back to Pittsburgh. It's not as if like Andrew McCutcheon came back to Pittsburgh and here's a tribute video. But I have no issue with it, and it's I guess more or less a part of this is going into the like the good dudes type of thing. I mean, like what they. What they did for the and with the organization, not so much performance wise, but just as a player, as a person in this city and such. Like Joe Musgrove, more to like just the, how he embraced Pittsburgh. I mean, honestly, until what two days ago, his Twitter name was still it's Bucking Joe forty four. Like he's in San Diego, he's pitching for the Padres. You still see him wearing Pittsburgh Clothing Company shirts. You know his Twitter handle is still it's Bucking Joe. He's a he's a Padres pitcher. He's been one for quite some time now. And it's Buck Joe. He just changed it after the no-hitter to its father, Joe. I mean, he did. He really embraced the city. Trevor Williams did a lot with the he did a lot with like the social media team and such. Like, again, like, I mean, we're, we're picking apples here. I really could care less. But it's like, who cares for the most part, too? You know, they did a lot with the team, the organization. Here's a tribute video. Move on. If you have a problem with it, who cares? Uh, but Joe does return tonight. Two pitch coming fresh off a no hitter. So let's talk about that a little bit because I am tired and I went off a little bit on a Twitter rant about this, but I'm just so sick and tired, which is part of the reason that NS9 became a thing <clears throat> of, of like with a local media and, and how I like to play games with this stuff. So Joe Musgrove pitches a no-hitter. <clears throat> and obviously, all you can hear and see is everyone going, here we go again. Another Pirates pitcher leaves and becomes good in San Diego. And I made it a point to, to recognize, like, the, the Pirates deserve a lot of criticism for that. I mean, that, that has happened. You, you have Charlie Morton's. You have Garrett Cole. You have <clears throat> Tyler Glass now to a degree, which so far this year, maybe he is finally truly proving that because he's still been somewhat of a mixed bag since his departure. Like I, I do somewhat get that, but at the same time, let's let's actually call things for what they are, you know, and let's actually like stop being just so lazy and playing into, into stuff and like, kind of do your job and analyze and talk about like what really is happening and such. So yeah, Joe Musgrove did, did leave the pirates. Joe Musgrove did go to San Diego, and Joe Musgrove is pitching quite well for San Diego so far in <clears throat> two starts. There's also some incredible starts that happen across the league by other former, former Pirates, and some of those Pirates, like last night, got lit up Jamison Tyon. Nothing against Jamison Tyon. I hope the guy does well. But if we're using, if we're calling out people for using using short sample size, then let's also not call out every cherry-picked pitcher that you wanted to use, right? Because there's other guys who were former Pirates, like Charlie Morton, who got lit up his first game, um, that haven't had great successes their first start. But we're using one or two starts for some players and saying, look at all these incredible starts by all these former Pirates that we chose to use. Um, great. Great. Well, Garrett Cole is a really good pitcher. We know that. But all, all this stuff, we do know. And a lot of that was a past regime. But let's also recognize that the end of 2019, which, by the way, was way too late to do it, but the end of 2019, the Pirates did clean house. 
The Pirates did get a new GM. The Pirates did a whole whole lot of new faces in this in this uh, front office and coaching staff. And one of them was a pitching coach by the name of Oscar Marine. The past regime was notorious with pitching to contact. That that was the big thing. How how do you have Garrett Cole when you pitch to contact? Like how do you have these pitchers and you're pitching to contact? Look what they can do. That is analysis. That's true. And that's proven. And if you want to talk about that, that's great. But then Oscar Marine came in and Oscar Marine told you what his plan was. Oscar Marine told you what he's setting out to do. And he's setting out to, it's not a one size fit all. You're going to look at all the pitcher's strengths and you're going to, to utilize those strengths and everyone's going to be unique and individual. You're going to find out what the best is and those guys and utilize it, right? So let's rewind back to last year. Right in 2020 season, who were guys that I was excited about? Well, of course, Chad Cool. <laughs> we we know that Chad Cool, albeit he was coming off his his injury and such. Um, another guy's injured is Chris Archer. Finally, getting Chris Archer back and under this Oscar Marine regime because now he can start utilizing his stuff. Not to say he was going to go back to the old Chris Archer, but much like Chad Cool, I felt there's much more to Chris Archer than what he was showing in his tenure with the Pirates that we can actually see some resemblance of the old Chris Archer and. And maybe he becomes a trade chip. Now, obviously, he got injured, but he didn't get to see it. The other guy I was really intrigued about, Joe Musgrove. Because, again, we saw and we know the stuff that he has. His MO is like he's always looked, he's, he's always had moments where he's looked really, really good. You know, you see how filthy his stuff can be. But then you just look at the overall numbers and you're like, how? How? Right? And not that, not by any means, also, let's get over that. Garrett Cole wasn't good in Pittsburgh. He was he was good in Pittsburgh. He's just showing how elite he is outside of Pittsburgh. So with that being said, like you can say that same thing like with, with Garrett Cole. I mean, like how elite, how filthy his stuff could be. How's he only have a 3-2 ERA? You know, it, it's like that, that degree. I mean, Joe Musgrove and Garrett Cole are on completely different levels. But the similarities in that sense is what I'm getting to. You know, you saw how filthy Garrett, I'm sorry, Joe Musgrove can be. But then we look at the overall numbers, and you're like, it's a four ERA, you know, a little bit over a four ERA. Like, like how how does he look? Like he can be a frontline starter, but yet always ends up being middle to back end. So Austin Marine comes in, and I'm like, all right, great, we're gonna see something. Well, apparently, a lot of people around Pittsburgh wanted to ignore that because it's the Padres that are are bringing this out. Well, and that's why I want to bring to you. Let's let's bring this graphic up. And for you that are listening to just the podcast, this is a 2020 StatCast stuff. All right. So obviously, if you're looking and watching this, red is good. And for these, those that aren't watching this and listening to this podcast, uh, it's a graphic of, again, his StatCast page. And basically, everything is red except for his walk percentage, which he was he's walked. He's in a 39% towel for walk, right? So, okay, and his walk rate did go up last year. Um, and his fastball velocity, which, of course, because he never had, like, this elite uh, velocity in his fastball. He just has some really good stuff overall. Average exit velocity, 93 percentile. Guys weren't hitting hard off him. Hard hit percentage, 79%. Expected batting average, 87 percentile. K percentage, 90 percentile. Uh, you know, expected slugging, 89 percentile. Whiff percentage, 84 percentile, all red, all good stuff. 
when you look at his numbers last year, what was Joe Musgrove? Well, Joe Musgrove, for his career, never had more than nine Ks per nine. Last year went to 12.48. Something to point out there, it was just a 60-game season. Totally get that. Another thing, Ks per nine is kind of kind of bad. So let's go to the strikeout percentage. He never had higher than a 21.9% K rate. That came in 2019, by the way, when you kind of saw some, I'm not going to say they were going rogue to a degree, but you saw some changes individually in some pitchers and in, in what they were doing. Um, so yeah, Joe Musgrove K rate went up a little bit in 2019, more towards the end. And then from his highest of 21.9% in 2020, it went to 33.1%. Elite stuff. I mean, he increased it by almost 12, 12%, his K rate. Yes, small sample. I get it. And that's the thing, too, I want to talk about. So people out there and, and some, you know, they're more or less, I'm not going to say double down, but backing up why they're saying this and saying how, well, are you just going to use, are we really going to use a 60-game sample size to say that the Pirates changed their ways? Well, no, I'm not going to use a 60-game sample, 60 sample size to say they changed their ways and were fixed and were good. But what I will say is the Pirates did get a new pitching coach. And all we had was 60 games to use. And in those 60 games, Oscar Marine said what he was going to do. And we saw what he set out to do happen with Joe Musgrove in just those 60 games. That's why I'm also not going to say, say that Joe Musgrove is going to be an ace, is going to be elite, but I can see a path where he can be a good pitcher because of the 60 games, because of what happened there. That's all we have to analyze and at least use it to analyze, like use it to what you can. Don't just completely ignore it and throw it out there. Like make sense of it. If someone says they're going to do something and you see it was done, then you can at least say, well, this ain't the old regime. Like they're clearly not pitching the contact. They saw what Joe Musgrove can do. They brought it out. Joe Musgrove used the four-seamer a lot less last year. You know, when, when this old regime was, and of course it was more two-seamers, but regardless, like when it was fastball, 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 contact, 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 and you see guys like Joe Musgrove who has really good breaking stuff, really good spin rates, can spin it as really, really good breaking stuff, and they're not using it. And you think, why? Well, what happened last year? Well, the slider was still used about the same, right? The fastball usage went down, and the curveball usage went up. So we saw a lot more breaking stuff, a lot more swings and misses, right? It's not a fastball coming right at you, which, again, doesn't have elite velocity on it it's still a good fastball of course with all the stuff he has but you saw a better mix of his pitches he has a lot of pitches there was a better mix of it and so again that's that's more or less what you saw last year and then like even this year so i guess the the major difference this year is he's using his cutter a lot more um the fastball has dropped even further this year so far his cutter is being moved, is used more but again you're seeing that difference Joe Musgrove was using more of his stuff. His stuff was nasty. His stuff was unhittable. And that's what he was doing. He was striking out way more people. Now, of course, with that stuff did come more walks, but he was still a much more effective pitcher. 
and that's what he's doing this year as well. You can't come here and say that Joe Musgrove was changed by the Padres. Like, it did start with Oscar Marine. And if you're out there saying that it didn't and you don't trust it, then you're being disingenuous. You know, you're just playing into the stuff. You're playing because that's what people in Pittsburgh want to see in here is the, you know, the Pirates, Pirates are bad. You know, bad pitcher leaves Pirates, bad pitcher turns good, other organization, ha-ha, LOL Pirates. Like, that's what this is. And it's just lazy. It's just lazy. You're not doing your jobs. Sad that I have to do it for you. And that's, that's what happened. That's literally what happened. Joe Musgrove was a different pitcher last year. That's why he was traded for what that haul, that, that return came back for. Now, the return, it's not as if... I, I was expecting a top 100 player. And again, you don't expect a top 100 player unless you're a good pitcher. I was expecting it. They didn't get, per se, a top 100 at that time. But heads projected to be there. There's been no minor league system over the past year. It's been hard. Heads projected that he can definitely get there. He's close right now. Uh, they got five players, one of them being Bednar, who has looked pretty good so far. Like That's definitely a very, very intriguing pack. There's five intriguing prospects in my mind in all of them. And that's the funny part. Like Bednar, almost to a degree, was kind of looked at as a throw-in. Like Here's a guy. Here's a guy who'll get you some innings, see what happens. He was like the throw-in, and so far what we're seeing from Bednar is some really good stuff. So with that being said, I'm even more intrigued to see these other guys. So yes, Joe Musgrove was a good pitcher last year. He doesn't fall under the Garrett Cole, the, the, the Musgrove, and, and what have you, okay? So let's get that out there. Let's just say it. And something I want to say as well here, too. You want to talk about small, you know, short sample size. So last year in those 60 games, he had eight starts, okay? In those eight starts, as mentioned, he had a 33% K rate. In those eight starts, seven of the eight, he shook out more than 30% of the batters, okay? Seven out of the eight times, he shook out more than 30% of the batters. There was one game, it was just a bad, awful game against the Twins. I think it was like a 4%. I mean, it was bad. I think he had one strikeout. So seven out of the eight, he struck out more than 30%. Joe Musgrove's best eight-game stretch with the Pirates before then. Okay, so we're using also small sample size here. His best eight-game stretch ever with the Pirates was from June 10th to July 10th. Which that doesn't really sound right to be eight games. Maybe there's another date. But anyways... um, in 2019, which I'll be it again, 2019 it ticked up a little bit there. His best stretch over that was 25.8% of the batters. And he only struck out more than 34 times. So his best eight game stretch, to use small samples, to give him his, his best eight games he's ever had with the Pirates was still nowhere near his 2020 season. This guy is a different pitcher now, guys. It's not as if the Padres fixed him. The Pirates sent him off as a changed man. <laughs> Maybe the Padres are completing it. Again, it's just 60 games here. You, you know, it was just eight starts here. I, I can't say he's a changed man here, but he was certainly on his way. And it did start with the Pirates. So just to get that off the chest. Um, and congratulations also again to Joe Musgrove. Um, for everyone, that here, here is the final no-hitter from him. 
Ground ball to shortstop. Kim will go to first. The San Diego Padres get their first no-hitter in the history of the franchise. And it belongs to San Diego's own Joe Musgrove, sending the Friar faithful into a frenzy. Can't help but notice Mateo in that clip. Probably the last time he was uh <laughs> he was been happy as he was hit twice last night. Um, geez, geez, once again that game. All right, guys. So yeah, so once again, congrats to Joe. He's making his return tonight. Um, I don't know. We'll maybe we'll get some more weird baseball tonight. Let's find out. But we'll see you again tomorrow after the game. Uh, after Mitch Keller's start, we'll be live once again on NS9 Live. So we'll see you all then. Bye bye.